by the wedding day, I gotta lose 15 pounds, I gotta clear my skin, my hair's gotta be perfect. It just like hit me, I'm like, well, I'm not attracted to you physically anymore. Well, why didn't you tell me that sooner? It's only getting scarier. So yeah, I had to make a choice. It's time to get loud. Welcome back to Loud Talk with Lavi, a podcast where we break down the walls of beauty standards one flaw at a time. And today I have such a special guest, um, someone I've been so excited to speak to and I've been following for such a long time. Joanna Kenny, thank you so much for joining me today on Loud Talk. I'm so grateful for the invite. Thank you so much for thinking of me for this. No, of course. I think, you know, with this podcast, um, my whole mission of it is breaking down those walls of beauty standards, which I think is everything you stand for as well so I was really really excited to speak to you um to jump right into this you know I want to hear about like how you got on social media I know you mentioned to me that you kind of started off sharing like your acne journey and stuff but obviously you've expanded it to such a great community um on on your social media platforms. So I want to hear a bit about how you started there. Yeah sure by the way I love the fact that your whole purpose is to dismantle those standards because um it's something that when I was growing up, it kind of wasn't ever criticised or questioned. It right. was just something that we all obediently followed. Um, and it was definitely the kind of guidance that I was definitely missing um, in my youth. <laughs> Although there's definitely, you know, there's definitely an element of me today that still needs that. And even though I talk about a lot being so much more confident than I was I still don't consider myself 100% confident and like you know not like I'm slaying all the time or anything I'm definitely still struggling and still coming to terms with things about myself or perceived flaws and certainly I'm still exposed to things that make me feel bad about my body and skin um regularly so definitely still struggling with all of that but um certainly feel more equipped to deal with it now and yeah like I said I started posting about acne originally and that was because I had severe acne at the time I'd had it at at that point for 15 years and I was kind of thinking that okay maybe this is me coming towards the end of struggling with my skin or maybe it isn't and maybe I do just need to accept that this is how my skin looks and will always look to a certain degree in you know varying degrees of spots (laughs) and um I guess I'd never really tried uh, accepting my skin so I wanted to see what it would be like if you know everything I did wasn't from a point of hate and fueled by hate for the way I looked or fear of judgment about the way I looked and I'd always kind of said because I'm a beauty therapist by trade and so I'd always kind of said I tried everything because I was had access to loads of skincare loads of different treatments like the professional knowledge and I still struggled and I do believe now on reflection that a lot of the issues I had was the fact that it was my skin and the emotion attached to how I felt about it that was the biggest barrier and once I'd realized that, that helped me so much with, you know, what I could do 
to clear my skin in the future, even though it was still going to be a long process. It was a lot easier for me to tackle and to um, consider best options for me and see myself as an individual and, and, and how to change it. But also there wasn't the stress attached to feeling like I the urgency of, oh, I must get rid of this or I'm so fed up with it. It's been so long. I have to just get rid of it. Mm-hmm. that kind of pressure was just gone because I reached a point of acceptance which I'm sure you've been in the same situation I never thought I would ever be able to achieve and it's not until I have conversations like this that I remember how desperate and how unhappy I was because that feels like a different person and it's very easy I think when you've my skin has been clear for two or three years now and although it's definitely heavily scarred and I'm still reminded of the spots that were once there on the whole I barely even think about acne anymore which is so different from being in a situation where you're consumed by it every single day normally without a break so um to go from one extreme to the other and just forget you know how it used to absorb my life it's quite extreme and it's quite incredible to think that that progress has been made but with the way life goes it's so easy to forget that progress and forget the journey that you've been on but yeah it was that kind of process of self-acceptance and deciding to confront my fear of people seeing my skin realizing that I could show up to work without any makeup on realizing that I could be intimate realizing that I could have someone touch my skin um, and all its texture was a power that I didn't know I had. And so once I'd considered why I felt so pressured to have clear skin and what it represented, for me, it was slightly focused on the industry I worked in. It was kind of expected that, you know, as a professional, my skin should at least reflect the amount of skincare I'm using. But also, yeah, there was an element of that, but also just the pretty pressure that we all face under, you know, especially as women to to look a certain way. So once I kind of honed in on perhaps why it was so important for me to look a certain way, I was then able to think, okay, well, what else can I challenge? What else has society made me feel really negative about that I've obsessed over? Okay, not as much as acne, but I've still definitely had very you know to the point where you're not doing something because of something so acne was a huge one that I could tell you a million different things I didn't do because of but then there's other parts of my body that I was also very ashamed of that I also didn't show up for or didn't wear certain things because of so yeah I decided to start posting about other insecurities of mine and it kind of just became a bit of like therapy to be honest (laughs) it literally is I I always talk about how therapeutic it was for me to just show up and post it because it pushed me outside of my comfort zone you know like if I wasn't comfortable to leave the house for some weird reason I was more comfortable to post a photo online for strangers to see I know if it like was posted my personal account where like I knew people no but like (laughs) complete strangers I don't care posted it all it's hard to explain it is but it's it's a really weird thing but honestly like and then you know the biggest thing is seeing other people see that content and relate to it then you're like oh I'm not alone in this like everybody else feels this way too whether it's acne or you know body hair whatever it is like everyone has their own insecurities that they can pull from and it's that human connection that 
a lot of times on social media it gets lost and we don't mm-hmm. you know relate to posts in that way um on that on that type of level um i do want to touch on a few things you mentioned there because first off you talked about obviously on the space on social media where you radiate confidence and positivity but i really like that you mentioned right away that you're not 100% confident because i think a lot of times with the positions that you know you and myself have put ourselves on social media people think that we're like every day just like as you said like slaying right and at the end of the day we're humans we're not going to work 100% effectively we're we're not robots and um oftentimes i tell my viewers too like when they say oh i wish i had your confidence this is not like an everyday thing it's something i have to choose to to be every day right even on the hard days accepting that the hard days will be there is a part of the journey which I think is is really important so I really like that you mentioned that and you're not just like yeah like you know just confident every day (laughs) (laughs) yeah because otherwise it becomes a new standard that's unachievable like if we all preach about acceptance it's just something that I think a lot of us can look at and feel very daunted by and think well I'm never going to be able to be like her in terms of their confidence so it's it's all about just your individual journey and I know it's so cliche but it's so true that you know just doing what makes you feel good and what gives what's progress for you is just you know beyond anything like that you can do which is just like copycat someone else's journey basically it just doesn't work like that I really also liked how you mentioned the fact that when it came to your acting you kind of had to remove that emotional um, attachment that you had when it was viewing it on yourself and kind of view it as something external I think that's really important because I've talked about this a lot but I do think when you have acne it literally consumes your whole life because you're constantly thinking you know like can I wear this product? Have my, has my makeup been on too long? Like, oh, I should wash my face like again, right? Like I shouldn't eat this. I shouldn't drink this. Whatever it is, yeah. it's, it's constantly there. And I think for me, one of the hardest things was the physical pain of it because I was all constantly reminded that it's there. You know, when I'd step away from a mirror, maybe like I wasn't thinking about it for a second, but then I'd make a facial expression. I'd feel the pain and I'm like, oh, like yeah. just that reminder. And I think coming to that place where you mentioned you know you have to kind of take that control back for yourself because maybe at this time you can't control your skin no matter all the treatments you said you had like full accessibility I totally relate to that I um, have been in this beauty industry for quite a long time I've had the opportunity to get lots of treatments done try out like every skincare brand I could imagine and yet I still have acne and sometimes a lot of people are like clearly you don't know what you're talking about (laughs) you still have acne and it goes so much Mm -hmm. deeper than that So taking back that control when you feel like you are out of control in whatever way you can do it in is is so amazing. And I think for us, just making that post on social media or whatever it is, like that's our part of like taking back the control and just kind of saying like, fuck you to any of the insecurities we're feeling. So it's like, I'm going to yeah. put it out there. And control is, I'd, I'd say, a key word in this whole experience, because like for us, it was posting on social media, but obviously not everyone else has to use that mm-hmm. as a way to do what we've done but you could do it in a sense of like just choosing how you speak to yourself about your skin so for me a lot of my experience with acne was yes physical pain but also how disgustingly horrible I was to myself consistently throughout the day if I saw myself like even just starting the day getting ready 
I would say so many horrible things, looking in the mirror, brushing my teeth, doing my skincare, putting on my makeup. And then I would do it all again, but in reverse, taking off my makeup and um, doing my skincare of an evening where I've had this facade on my barrier, my you know crutch society to 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 go to work and be, lead a normal life and then I take it all off in the evening and if I'm in a relationship which most of the time I was you know then you've got that added thing of like even home isn't a sanctuary even home there is a level of pretense that I have to uphold mm-hmm. and be fearful of I didn't want my boyfriend at the time who's now my husband to see it touch it or anything and so he didn't see me without makeup for the first three years of our relationship and it it cracks were starting to appear because I could feel myself going into that state of like paranoia and feeling very uptight and tense around him um going you know, to the bathroom to to wake up before him to apply my makeup. I I wore face masks all the time in the evening, like a thick green face mask um, that would set and it would be on there for three hours <laughs> of an evening and I'd eat with it on and everything. And and he just thought he'd never dated a beauty therapist before. <laughs> right. So, <laughs> so he like, just thought... How it is. <laughs> It's normal with beauty therapists. They're just always caking their face in mud. Um, So, yeah. And then, you know, you're looking in the mirror and I'm taking off this mask. And by this time, it's it's hard. It's set. It doesn't want to come off. So I'm like scratching at it to get it off. And I'm exhausted from it. I'm exhausted of like trying to be this other person. Right. Which takes a toll on relationships, but also just like your self-worth and value you're telling yourself without realizing that you're not good enough to be in that relationship or that situation as you are and you have to be someone else and so I think for me it was just all that negative self-talk constantly which wore me down to the point where I was like I can't physically continue like this and it's either gonna our relationship is gonna deteriorate because of the way I'm now behaving and I've changed it's changing my behavior or I need to like have a conversation and I sit down with my husband (laughs) with my boyfriend about the way my skin makes me feel and that was really scary but given the the two choices of break up because it's inevitable because we will because I'm I'm you know gonna drive him away or have a a really hard conversation and show your skin to someone for the first time in like probably 15 years decade at that point so yeah I had to make a choice and it sounds so silly to people who haven't been through something similar that you have to actually sit down and have a conversation with someone and reveal it like it's Mm -hmm. like a a a big dark secret that you've been carrying around but it, it really did feel like a huge secret and a weight had been lifted when I told him and although he I can't believe he didn't know because like you still have texture when you cover your skin with makeup but he he genuinely didn't know probably to the extent of of the troubles I'd had with my skin in the past and up until that point but yeah it, it definitely does affect decision making and like you said earlier with things that you're constantly considering what you're going to to do or how something's going to affect your skin like I only met my husband because I took a job in the Caribbean um which I nearly didn't take because I was worried about how the heat and sweating 
was going to affect my acne and it was a dream job it was something I wanted to do he was working over there we met there and it was like instant but had I not gone because of a real genuine concern of how am I going to keep makeup on my skin in a hot climate I've never done it before I've never had to do it consistently every single working day and I'm going to be heading up a spa there's even more pressure to look good because this was kind of like the peak of my career in the industry Mm. so it was it felt like there was even more pressure to be the best version of my professional self and there's an element of worrying that people are going to judge you for also the connotation of it being quite uh, an adolescent skin condition everyone always judges you that you're a lot younger and inexperienced yes. because you have acne oh, so then there is that element as well and yeah going into a new job where you want to prove yourself straight away and come across in a really professional manner and there's that added worry that they're looking at your skin and thinking who is this juvenile with no experience <laughs> and of course they may not be thinking that but that's all you can think about And then, of course, it then affects how you perform and you continue to say negative things about yourself and and drag yourself down. And yeah, for me, that that has been the fundamental factor of me healing not only my physical skin condition, but also the emotional and, and psychological ways that having a skin condition has damaged me is through just the appalling way I spoke to myself on a daily basis and it's it's really that's really painful when you really consider the level (laughs) of of what you're saying because it is so much what I've said to myself in the past is so much worse than what anyone else can say about me online with trolls and all of these things that are designed to hurt you and insult you when I actually think about it there's there's nothing that anyone can say that I haven't said 10 times worse to myself on a regular basis (laughs) absolutely and I think there's this pressure as you said not only you know in relationships I get always so many questions about dating with acne people ask me like should I disclose it before I go on the date like should I and it's like it's not this like huge big secret right and I do want to know more like also about how that conversation went with your now husband you know when you did tell him and um, how it made you feel kind of his response as well if you can kind of dive into that sure I mean there's not really it's a very shallow pool <laughs> right. because it there was nothing to the conversation um, I had thought that it was going to be a huge thing a bit like these people who are asking your advice and actually it was just like I sat him down I was like look I think I need to do something for myself um that I need your support with and it's to do with my skin and my acne I really want to figure out why I have it because in all the time that I have had it I haven't ever worked out why like mm-hmm. what my trigger is and it, it's kind of blown my mind after all these years that I haven't ever thought to think of a trigger like an one because like why wouldn't I but I've always kind of sought the cure and like professional advice and for it to be like a quick instant fix even medication was always like either years or months of you know waiting for it to work or 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 just the process of going to a dermatologist or whatever and the way you know waiting and 
and that kind of thing or various tests that you go through it's always months on months on months of of trying to figure stuff out but it's always to do with topical solutions rather than working out why your body's responding this way in the first place Mm -hmm. and it for me for me to not to have considered that before is quite strange because as a therapist I predominantly work in more uh holistic approach to treatments with massage it's kind of my specialty is aromatherapy and you always look at something holistically you always kind of think okay so they're having this issue here say headaches and their tension is all up here in their shoulders and they've told me they've got a newborn baby and da, 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 da. and you're kind of like doing this cycle of like piecing it all together like a jigsaw piece and I didn't do that with my acne it was just desperation clawing at anything that someone somewhere had said might be a solution to acne um so the conversation was very brief it was just I need to do this I haven't tried doing this this approach before I had a situation at the time which is a whole nother story (laughs) but I became unemployed because we had a hurricane where we lived um so the resort closed but my husband stayed working there uh during the aftermath and so I had this period of time where I was like, well, what am I going to do during this time? And it occurred to me that I could use this to work on myself and, and try and figure some stuff out. So I, I thought this is a, a time of luxury I'm never going to get again. So I will try and do my best. And I kind of um, started my Instagram as a blog and it was documenting my progress of what I was trying, when I was trying it, why I was trying it, what I was figuring out. Um, that's how it kind of all started and he was just like yeah that's fine (laughs) and that was it it was just like all right yeah you've got that problem yeah sure no worries it was like such a non-conversation right (laughs) that all I can say to anyone that is feeling like they would need to bring it up because you know you feel like you want to be transparent but actually it's not really about that although in your head it it might be the best thing that I feel is is why you should perhaps say something in a very breezy kind of just in passing way is more so that you can, like we said earlier about this element of control, mm-hmm. controlling the situation. Because imagine if you're on a first date, for example, you're at dinner and you're sitting there having dinner and you're thinking, oh my God, are their eyes like looking at the spot that's like yeah. <laughs> on my face? and so you're not concentrating you're just paranoid mm-hmm. whereas if you say like in a text or even at meal and you're just like oh I'm just so annoyed about this spot so typical that we had this date and then I this spot came up just in time and then they might say haha that happens to me too blah 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 you know and you can just really breezy bring it up and have it as a very fleeting part of the conversation it's you've taken control of it it's been said, it's out there, they may or may not have even looked or thought about it. But because it's going to be playing on your mind, it is just beneficial just to say it and get it out there. It's exactly. not for transparency yeah. to, you know, you're not mis-selling yourself if you um, are covering it up with makeup. I know there's a, that awful perception of like how some guys talk about um, women where they're like, oh, take her swimming on a first date and all that horrible stuff like 
it's not mis-selling on false advertising to show up and be your best self yeah. on a date because mm-hmm. if you're feeling confident you're putting your best self out there because that's who you naturally are when you're confident yeah but if you were to go there for example barefaced without any kind of armor if you like then you might be really withdrawn you might not be making eye contact you might not be showing yourself in the best light because you're feeling so overwhelmed and insecure about the way you look that you're not able to be yourself so um I I think you have to just judge it on what is best for you in those situations but for me just getting it out there and that information out there in a light and breezy way is just so helpful and then like what you were saying earlier about for some reason it's easier for us to post on social media than it is showing our face in real life Mm -hmm. (laughs) to people the over time that got easier for me but using the platform the way I did made it easier for me to speak to people in public of their face because it gave them the opportunity to digest the fact that I had acne in their yeah. own time with those shocked faces out the way yeah. so that when they actually came eye to eye with me there was no surprises but exactly. time and time again I'd done it where I had taken my makeup off I had been brave and put myself out there and shown up scared but then someone would say something really insensitive and then I would withdraw and I'd feel really bad about myself for months it would set me back maybe even years in terms of ever doing that again and then I'd try again and it would happen again and that would just be the cycle so doing it online first meant the conversation happened before they saw me without makeup in real life first And I had the most amazing conversations with people I never thought I would talk about insecurities with, Mm. people that I didn't talk to on that level, like in a deep way. And they were all coming up to me saying, because I did do it on my personal page. So people did see it uh, that I knew. It wasn't for them, obviously, but I didn't didn't set up a new page. So I was just like, okay, I kind of need, I kind of needed the people Mm -hmm. I knew to see it because they were the people who I was hiding from all the time and yeah had the most incredible conversations and then it it probably did get to about three months or four months and my husband was like so you're doing all this stuff on social media and like it's great and everything but you're still wearing makeup (laughs) to work and stuff and and you're not you've not really progressed in that sense mm-hmm. and he kind of gave me the nudge I needed to be like oh yeah kind of I've kind of been stagnant in my progress now right. because I got so comfortable where I was that I'd stopped kind of feeling like there was another stage but of course there was I needed to push myself to be makeup free and it's so incredible even now I can still remember the first day I went to work and left the house without makeup on and it didn't even enter my mind that I didn't have makeup on and I still had a lot of visible acne and I remember I was halfway walking to work and I stopped still walking I was just like oh my goodness I didn't think about my skin before I left because normally like your foot's going over the threshold and you're like oh my god I feel really awful like what are people gonna say and it, it was just like a real moment for me where I was like, I can't believe I haven't even thought about it. Mm-hmm. And that was just the beginning mm-hmm. of the end of the turmoil for me. Mm-hmm. It was just realising that it was no longer something I had to think about for every single action I took throughout the day, um, whether it just be like going to grocery shopping or something. 
not having makeup on. It's simple things like that that I think a lot of people took or take for granted. Whereas for me, just doing a simple chore would be not wearing makeup. Like I used to hide from our postman <laughs> if I didn't have makeup on. If, if I had like Amazon come to the door and I didn't have makeup on, I would watch my parcel be put back into a van before I would open the door without makeup on. Yeah. And that, those were the kind of decisions I used to have to make. <laughs> no, and, um, you know, when, when we talk about it like this and kind of having this conversation now and you saying all these things that I think anyone who struggled with acne or visible insecurity can relate to, it sounds silly. It's like, you know, like you can, like, who cares about the postman, right? Like that kind of stuff, right? But when you're yeah. in that position, it's like the whole world is it's like fight and flight. Yeah, exactly. And I, I remember having this conversation with my boyfriend because when we met, I had like perfectly clear skin because I was still on hormonal birth control, which was like doing the work at regulating my hormones for me. But um, I had a really negative experience on hormonal birth control. I felt like I wasn't even myself, like couldn't control my emotions. I'm like, got to get off this stuff immediately. And when I got off of it, that's when my skin like flared up like no other, like no other time before. And when we actually started seeing each other was at the point where my skin was at like peak inflammation. So I was really scared of like, okay, he hasn't seen me in like this amount of months. Last time he saw me, I looked completely different. And there was that pressure, right? But one thing that he told me is he knew exactly what I looked like because I was very open on social media. So there was no, you know, layer of like a huge reveal, as you mentioned, right? And I think, as you said, social media is a great way to kind of have that first like conversation just to show the person. And I think for anyone out there, even like using dating profiles, like, you know, take that step, step outside of your comfort zone and post that photo makeup for your whatever. Because at the end of the day, like anyone who will judge you for that photo, you probably shouldn't be going on a day with them anyways. So like, forget about those people, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. And that's like the whole premise of what, why we're talking about this is not about overcoming acne necessarily. It's more about overcoming the idea that you have to look a certain way to be included or attractive you know mm-hmm. to be attractive to somebody it's more about understanding that you don't I say it a lot you don't owe anyone prettiness you don't owe anyone perfect makeup right. you don't owe anyone clear skin mm-hmm. and you know it doesn't have to be you know do it on your dating profile is a great idea doing it on social media is a great idea but also it could just be if you're in a group chat with some friends or if you're just having a whatsapp with a friend and if you send them pictures anyway, why not throw in one where you are perhaps not curated and not perfect and it is a bit more raw? And then you're kind of taking that pressure away from yourself because it's how we misrepresent ourselves in photos, especially, exactly. that it does provide such a barrier when it comes to socialising in a real physical space absolutely and I think that is thing generationally that we are going to experience more of is more social anxiety because of how people are misrepresenting themselves mm. online and you're not a bad person for using a filter you're not a bad person for wanting to wear makeup and to look pretty there's nothing wrong with wanting to look attractive or wanting to feel attractive 
but you just need to know that it's not your solely what you're worth there's so much more to you than what you look like and if you want to attract someone it's you you don't want to attract someone that is only (laughs) invested in your relationship because of appearance absolutely and so I, I do feel like if we could just get over the barrier of what we've been told is what men like and stuff like that we could actually realize that even like me not shaving my legs for example it's a great way <laughs> to like filter through all of the bad eggs that aren't really looking at you as a whole individual all these superficial things if they're bothered by all of that it's a great way to quickly filter through all of those time wasters and all of those people that really don't respect you for being an individual with thoughts ideas so much to bring to the table and I've, I've done this on a poll on my stories on Instagram where people really sometimes can't see their value beyond what they look like especially because we age we get older we do change our bodies change as we get older we look very different in relationships to how we start in a relationship to you know a few years later so of course there are always going to be those worries about oh do they still find me attractive um of course it's a natural thing for you to think about but we're so we're so ingrained in us to believe that we have to stay the way we were when we first met someone and this is true for people that get married you know when you're a bride is supposed to be your most beautiful day of your life that you looking your best And then, of course, you've then got that as a bar that you've got to kind of live up to from every day um, past your wedding day, which is so impossible. By the wedding day, I got to lose 15 pounds. I got to clear my skin. My hair's got to be perfect. And it's like you're chasing after this like idea of your perfect self. And I think I've talked a lot about why I personally think that filters can just be very dangerous if they're used too much because you're you get so used to this like perfect version of yourself that you will never be because it's no one's skin can look like that in real life like it's it's just impossible and so many people say oh but you can you can achieve that with makeup no you can't and I in the and right I really lighting don't. maybe yeah. in the right lighting and the perfect <laughs> just, camera and angle and all of that but, I don't know I I feel like a lot of filters are they're, they're face altering and they're, they are, they're changing shape shape of your face which, you know, they could argue, oh, you could get plastic surgery. I just don't believe that you can mimic a filter like for like with physical means. At the end of the day, it's a digitally changed version of you that cannot be replicated. And if it can be replicated, not very easily, because I don't have skills personally to be a plastic surgeon to change my own face. I don't have the makeup skills required to contour to the level or to conceal to the level that a filter achieves so okay even if if we agree that it can be it is possible can we agree that the average person cannot make that happen by themselves to themselves every single day and the issue with the the argument that comes with filters especially this is something I'm really passionate about <laughs> you can't tell. I always get really the, the one... <laughs> yeah the thing about filters is is like it is the most dangerous thing for us all 
to for it to be the new beauty ideal and the new beauty standard that is now unattainable Mm -hmm. like it is impossible and we're we're seeing more and more of I'm seeing it all the time of adverts for skincare and makeup especially when bold glamour came out on TikTok it was like oh create recreate this bold glamour filter with these skincare products and this makeup routine why are we trying to bend and sell makeup products and skincare to recreate a filter you are setting people's expectations up to be so unrealistic so unrealistic and i think the the argument exactly for failure as you said and it's this um it creates this whole consumerism of like oh i have to buy these products look like this i have to buy this and i have to have this exact lipstick because mine won't actually make me the one i have at home isn't going to work for this filter blah blah blah. it's so Mm -hmm. stupid when you think about it and a lot of the argument too is like well the filter makes me feel better in that moment when I take that photo and it's like okay sure but how does the filter make you feel when you take it off and you see yourself again in the camera because that change now you see yourself as like the ugliest version of yourself you could see because you just saw like that perfect ideal beauty standard version of yourself and seeing Uh that is really hard so it's like if you just get rid of the filters altogether you don't see yourself in that way you know like if you never saw yourself in that way you have nothing to compare it to yeah I mean I always talk about it or to myself (laughs) I always say this to myself like it's your brain your brain is seeing two different realities simultaneously and it has never been able to do that before so we don't know what impact that is having on your mental state or or whatever it does to warp reality in your head I don't know what the technical terms are for it but all I know is is when you watch a sci-fi film and they're time traveling they always say to the person in the present do not engage with the person from your past or your future because you will do something catastrophic to the timeline to yourself as an individual. And for me, it's exactly the same. If you're looking at this version of yourself, that you two should not meet. No. You should never see each other. And it was one thing of us being able to see, you know, being bombarded by billboards and magazines of airbrushing, skincare with airbrush models. It's one thing to see that and be yeah. exposed Sorry. to that and compare ourselves to that. It's an entirely different thing to to compare yourself to a digital enhanced, you know, beauty ideal, perfect version of yourself. Like that is like next level. We can't even begin to understand what type of damage that kind of comparison does. Um, we already know from all of our own personal experience what the other version of comparison did when we used to just compare ourselves to actresses and and models who had the benefits of digital enhancement we do not know we we're all we've all been destroyed our self-esteem has been destroyed from that alone but what is going to happen with this long term I, I i already know how damaged i am from 20 years of growing up in the non-social media world 
Mm-hmm. I don't know how people are going to cope only knowing social media and filters and editing apps at their fingertips. Yeah. It's scary. It really is scary. It is really scary because I don't think, yeah, as you said, like we were not supposed to see that version because we share, you know, when you look at that side by side, it's like, oh, well, these two people, myself in real life and, you know, this like filtered version, we share characteristics. We look alike, you know, but, and that's what confuses our brain. And I think. Similar. Yeah. Similar. Yes. But and you're like, this is just a better version of me, you know? So I, you know, I should be looking like this because it's my, in, in quotations. Yeah. It's like you at your, <laughs> at your best self. Right. Like, and that's like, and then you're setting yeah. the bar. And as you said, now we have this whole like grand scheme of comparison. And, um, I had this like realization the other day, I think, especially working on social media, you know, I'm all there on the, there all the time. And on, though I'm very fast at detecting filters now, like when I see someone, I'm like, yeah, that's not, not their actual skin. So I like, I know it now and I don't compare myself anymore because I I'm on the other side of it and I see it. But a lot of people, when mm-hmm. I talk about that, they're like, oh, I didn't know, like, you could have a filter on TikTok and it doesn't say it's a filter. I'm like, yeah, it's pretty easy to download the video and yeah. post it or whatever. And I was yeah. seeing the train the other yeah, day. Or, or, just the, or just the editing or, features within oh, yes. the built-in and, and not using a filter, but still yeah, just it. Yeah. There's so yeah. many tricks that people don't yeah. realize. Lighting, if you're not a creator, you might not be aware. No, exactly. And I was sitting on the train the other day and I was just kind of like, I looked up from my phone because I usually just edit on the train and I was like looking around me and I just it just like hit me I'm like wow like if what when people say I know it's like people always say this and it's so annoying but it's like if you just look up from your phone and like look into real life but I'm like everyone here is just like a normal person you know like yeah. all with normal <laughs> bodies normal faces like some people got acne here. Some people have skin texture wrinkles. Like some people carry weight differently. Like I was like, you know, like, but that just like hit me in this moment. It's like when we're just like constantly scrolling, 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 scrolling. And we're just seeing like all these perfect versions of people. And we're looking back at ourselves. Like, of course, that's going to make you feel like shit, you know, but it's like, if you go out into the world and you see all these people and you're like, oh, that person has acne, that person has this, like you compare to that. And you're like, we're all in the same boat, you know? But I absolutely agree with you. It's it's taken it to a whole nother level where I'm also like, I'm happy I did not grow up in this like area now because I started YouTube when I was 13 and I always felt the pressure that like I can't be a beauty guru because I have acne, you know, but I'm happy I overcame that and like I'm where I'm at now and I can help other people and what you're doing too, it's, it's helping so many people, but it's so scary how this is going to have so many effects on people's self-esteem to such a grander scale than, you know, any magazines or photo shoots or whatever that, because with yeah, those, it's like, it's, you still kind of yeah. knew, like, you still kind of knew, like, yeah, they're a celebrity, you know, you do, it was done in a huge studio and it still would mess with your brain, you know, but yeah. now it's like, and even me, like, it messes with my brain and I'm creating the content purely for educational purposes mm. and raising awareness. But regardless of that, I am coming away. Like you said, when you're seeing the side-by-side comparison, I still feel ugly when I take the filter yeah. off because I've been looking at it, recording, you know, it's even worse when you're doing TikTok or Instagram filters, when you're recording video with a filter mm-hmm. on, because you get 
so used to seeing your face moving with it looks the filter. So real. Yeah, slightly different with a static image, but when you're doing video with a filter, it's even more it feels like even more of a shock when you take the filter off. And you know, I don't I don't mind saying that I feel ugly when I take it off because I do. I've got so used to seeing like for five, ten minutes me looking a different way. Of course it's a shock when of I take course. off the yeah. picture filter and I've got um textured skin I look older my face isn't all cute and like squished together and it's droopy and it's aged and you know it's different colors and it's it's like of course I feel worse and I cannot help the way that it's made me feel all I can do after I've taken that filter off is redo the work that I've taught myself over the last couple of years which is shut down those thoughts of comparison and negativity and how I'm talking to myself and think to myself well I've just created that video it's made me feel really bad about myself I'm going to write in maybe an empowering caption that might like pep myself up that might make me feel better but other than that I think I'm going to take the day off social media now because I don't want to see that or do what you suggested and actually look up from your phone and look around and go out and be with other people and and see that life is very different to what it is on social media and I do feel like it's <laughs> if you've seen Black Mirror on Netflix there's a episode about social media on there and it's scary how real that could be you know and, and when we've got AI that's now available and deep fake and all these different more scary versions of what we're dealing with when it comes to just a filter it's only getting scarier and there doesn't seem to be anything really concrete that is protecting us from this at the moment. And we, I know that we do have certain things in place on social media to protect the consumer from, a, from the perspective of misleading in terms of sales and results. It's not something that is regulated in terms of there's no one policing it. So someone could post something with a filter on and selling something and it might be ages before that gets taken down. Meanwhile, people have like millions of people could have bought yeah. the product by that time. So there's if it if it gets raised or flagged at all. So there are things in place to protect people. You've got the labels on the filters to say when a filter's in use. But I could argue that that label is there to be a clickable link for you to then go and try the filter yourself. Is this transparency? Or is this just a way for the filter to be, to be shared Absolutely. and to be used and for us all to be used in social media more? So, yeah, there's a, there's a lot of things on there that I'm very sceptical of. And I don't, and as you said earlier, you can just record a video and download it and then apply a filter and then put it back on mm-hmm. and it doesn't have a label. So, so many different ways to get around these things that it, it's scary for people that, that don't know the technology very well to, to be able to recognize it. I can recognize it. I can see something that's labeled filters and it doesn't stop me feeling any less bad, oh. to be honest. It still, it still affects me, even if I'm very aware of something being filtered, because sometimes I feel like I'm the only unfiltered person on social media and it makes yeah. me feel really ugly. <laughs> Yeah, no, and I, I'm like, sometimes I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm really exposing myself. <laughs> but uh, I, I wouldn't have that any other way. And and, and yeah, no, I exactly. that. it does make it, I didn't really think about that before, but it is a way to make it clickable, shareable, you know, like, hey, try this on yourself too. Because people are curious. They're like, oh, let me see. Like with the age. Of course feature, they're curious. 
that came out on TikTok, what was the first thing you want to do? Oh, let me see how I'm going to look. And then instantly you're like, oh, I did not want to see that. You feel like, I do not want to get old. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah. that's exactly what we're going to feel like afterwards. Yeah. And that then you've got the whole beauty standard of aging being, you know, like the mo- the worst thing you can that you can do. Like if it's not gaining weight, then it's then it's aging is the worst thing you can do. Mm-hmm. And you know, this is this is someone very clever. However many years ago, convinced us that aging in the Western world, because obviously in other parts of the world, aging is seen as a privilege, and and you Which know, is, elders yeah. are looked up. That's how it is. But we have yeah, but idea of it now. Here yeah, here it's very different and it is very much you want to say looking youthful and young as long as possible, but who made that up? We literally get older and age every single okay. day. Yeah. How have they convinced us that it's a negative yeah. and a bad thing? How have how have they convinced us that there are products that are going to be able to turn us you know back to our youthful like a product how they managed to convince us it's very silly and when I tried that filter out for the first time I really had this realization that it's like wow so many because I was just constantly seeing people being like exactly like oh like hate how I look here like don't want to age like gotta start using my sunscreen blah blah and made me realize like we spend literally our whole lives like picking ourselves apart, being insecure over our looks, like focusing so much on that. And it's like, if you don't even love how you look or can at least appreciate how you look now, this is the youngest you'll be like from this point on. So like, when the hell are you going to start loving yourself if you can't do it now? Because you're sure as hell not going to do it later when you look like older and whatever, right? So it's like, that really also made me realize like, you just have to like, take that control back. And with aging and all, I know you talk a lot about on your social platforms, you know, that pressure of like being in a relationship and you've talked openly about like your marriage and that pressure of looking the same as, as you go through a relationship with someone. Um, do you want to touch a bit on that? Because I think a lot of people feel that pressure for sure. Yeah. I mean, it is predominantly to do with my body. I came across a picture of me the other day. I don't really have a catalog of pictures of myself. Um, as odd as that might sound as an influencer that, you know takes pictures of herself regularly I delete stuff mm-hmm. quite commonly <laughs> and known in, in my house as someone who does not keep things so I don't have any physical photographs of myself around the house and that's not to do with negative body image it's just I'm not I, I it's just not me to have pictures around the house of anyone and equally on my phone I think with the digital age I delete things that i I don't think in the moment are important for me to have mm. and it's not until years later I'm like oh I would have really liked a picture of that and I've deleted it <laughs> whereas once I would have always had a hard copy so um I I don't have a, a loads of pictures but I came across an old email that had a picture of me in it and it is the only evidence I think I have of me at size 10 maybe size 8 and I was 19 20 at the time but how I could describe it to you in my head is is that I am size 16 at the moment and my body as it is um in reality is how I used to see it back when I was size 8 size 10 so I'm now living in the body that I used to think I had when I was smaller Wow. And um, 
I'm looking at this picture thinking, oh my gosh, I didn't realize how small I ever was mm. because I only ever saw myself size 16, even though I bought size eight, size 10 clothes. And I was looking at my belly because that's always been an area that I've always gained weight first. Mm. And I'm looking at this because it was a picture of me in my underwear, um, which I had on an email. <laughs> We're out of context, that sounds dreadful, but it was very <laughs> innocent, I promise. And I can see the little tiny little, uh, you know, that picture of Britney Spears that's always circling where she's slated for gaining weight during she was on tour singing. Yeah, yeah. And there's, she's just got tiny little tiny little bump and it's just probably her uterus and it was the same for me I didn't have I had a flat stomach but I just have this like rounded bit over my like just below my belly button Mm -hmm. and I used to freak out about that and get so fixated on it and I'd look down at it and I'd think it was this big bulging belly which I now have but it's the belly that I have now is what I used to look down and see. Mm-hmm. And I quite often look in the mirror and I don't think I've changed. Right. If that makes sense. Based on no, what I, I said, totally I, 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 I see the same person. The only thing that's changed is my actual perception of what, you know, reality and my actual body. Mm-hmm. And I'm now seeing it for what it is. But back then I didn't see it for what it was. Mm-hmm. So when I look down, I still see a big belly, but that is because I actually do have a big belly <laughs> now. Um, so yeah, so when I think back to like when I got married, I was the smallest I'd been in a very long time um, because like I say, 1920, I was still living in that teenage era of, I guess, just you just don't put on weight. Yeah. Very, like I just didn't put on weight. But then I've always had a very chubby face. So regardless of me now looking back at that picture and seeing a small person I was always asked always by relatives and friends and friends mums have you lost weight have you lost weight have you lost weight and I I remember being asked that at nine years old oh have you lost weight as I remember the first time I was asked it and I didn't know what to do with that question because I was nine and I was like oh <laughs> Um, and it didn't affect me. It's obviously must have affected me to the extent I remember the question and I remember the moment. But I didn't look at my body when I was nine. I didn't. I only just I guess it was the point when I started questioning it because other people were commenting on my body. But I hadn't observed or had any worries. And it wasn't until other people started making observations that that's and making them known to me that that's when I started thinking, oh, am I abnormal? Am I fat? Am I, should I have this there? It was, I remember it was to do with, uh, this is going off on a tangent now, but I remember it being to do with, you know, when you're little girls and you tend to have sleepovers and you shower together and stuff like that and your boobs are starting to grow, your nipples are getting bigger. I had labia, like, starting to to grow bigger. And, but my friends didn't. They had pubic hair and all of that kind of stuff. But my labia seemed to like hang down more and no one else's did. And I remember not worrying about that, but then hearing that, overhearing the two girls talking about it, about my labia, obviously we didn't call it labia back then. We didn't know what it was, (laughs) but that was something that stuck with me. And I was like, oh, okay. Is that, 
not how it's supposed to look right. and like I've, I've since as an adult learned that during puberty some girls labia starts growing bigger yeah. at that point because of hormones and that was me going off on a tangent now I do apologize mm-hmm. but yeah that was I've always had chubby cheeks so I've always had people comment on my weight mm-hmm. because my face has always looked big and I don't know really whatever happened I probably stayed a size 8 size 10 through till I was 26 but didn't realize I didn't realize because at the time I probably thought I was a lot bigger and when I met my husband I was around a size 12 size 10 and then when I got married I was the smallest I've ever been because I was I had a lot of issues with my uh, IBS and my acne it was all related and I had cut so much out of my diet to try and figure out where my spots were coming from because it was gut related so I've cut a lot of allergies out and one of them had been dairy which is quite a thing for me apparently what I've discovered something that does make me put on weight um so taking it out of my diet for six months I lost a lot of weight unintentionally and I didn't do anything different about from not eating dairy but um happily eating dairy now by the way (laughs) doesn't break me out anymore either and it used to so things all change and yeah and so um I was the younger the smallest I've ever been with my husband the day I got married I definitely have that pressure and that thought even like when I showed him that picture the other night he was like oh you were so you know your body's amazing whatever and of course like you think huh is he saying that just to say something nice or is he saying that in a you know regretful tone of oh, what my body could be like mm-hmm. and of course you just start asking these questions and start doubting yourself and that's when I have to bring in the me and the hype girl and be like no he's that's not what you say he's just giving you a compliment he's yeah. saying that's nice and he's very aware that I can't go back to that version of myself because that was 20 years ago right. <laughs> it's not 20 years ago I'm not 40 <laughs> but you know that was a long time ago you know 15 years ago and of course I can't get back to to like that youthful complexion that type of body I don't think I'll ever have that body because my boobs are certainly saggy and not the same and like just the whole structure of my skin and my fat it's just so different like I'm never I'm never gonna have that and what was really interesting is is that I've considered myself to have had acne for 15 years from the point of like two years ago back to when I was 15 and in that picture I remember it being a big deal because I took it and I had clear I had a no makeup on and that was a big deal for me all the way through the time that I pinpointed when it was taken and yet I'm looking at that picture and I've hardly got any spots on my skin I'm like so did I so much so much yeah so then to dream up some the level of acne I had at some stage because I know at some stages it was bad because I've got you know proof on my phone when I started taking pictures but in my head it's been the same level of severity exactly all the way along mm-hmm. but then I'm looking at this picture and I'm like hang on a minute 
That's where are the spots yeah I remember when I was at like my peak inflammation like every spot on my face was covered with acne last year and I was looking back because I've struggled with acne my whole life but never as bad as it was last year and I was looking back at photos of myself you know in high school when I thought I was struggling with acne really badly and I and I was I had a lot of acne in this lower you know like that hormonal region of your face but when I was comparing it to these photos of myself last year where it was like my whole face I'm like girl what were you complaining about like a few years ago right why were you so upset with your skin when like you had just a couple spots and we over yeah I think like we exaggerate so much and what you said about your body really made me think so recently I actually just went back to Romania to visit family that I hadn't seen in like 15 years um and I was looking at photos at my grandparents place you know and I I wanted to show you because I took this and it it really made me relate to what what you said there so this is a photo of me and my brother I think I was like 12 here I'm not let me take off this um so photo of me and my brother and I'm looking at this photo I'll put it on the screen for anyone watching on YouTube and all this made me think is my whole like childhood I was always referred to as like you know when compared to my brother because my brother he's like very lean even now like he's into bodybuilding and stuff like very low body fat percentage but that's just like also his natural build you know he's 19 like raging testosterone like that's his build right now but my whole life I was you know since we were siblings I was always referred to as like the fluffier one you know and looking at this (laughs) photo I'm like what the heck because I'm sick you know but it's crazy because I look at photos of myself from high school and I'm 22 now and I look at photos of myself from high school and I I thought like I was like so much bigger and I'm still pretty thin right now but I would say I'm like so confident in my body now, but to think that, you know, none of those clothes from high school would ever fit me again. Yet back then I felt like, you know, fat or whatever. I had to lose weight. Like I was always, I remember I was always doing like ab exercise and stuff. Cause like I always would gain weight in my stomach too. And I'm just like, what the heck? Like, it's so weird how you project almost a different image of yourself. And I've even had these conversations with my brother because since he was, you know, such like a thin, skinny kid, he would get picked on for that. You know, everyone at school or in sports would call him like so skinny. And that's really why he got into bodybuilding. And now he's like huge, but he says he looks at himself and he doesn't see what other people see. He still sees himself as super skinny and he's not, you know, big enough. He hasn't, you know, built enough muscle yet. And I'm like, dude, you can like barely fit through a door. Like you hit your shoulders and like your muscles are so big. But he's like, I still see myself so thin. And it's crazy. Like everybody is so affected like uh, by that, you know, men and women. But I think for women, there is that added pressure of age to it and that we have to maintain mm-hmm. that like high school body that body we had in our 20s whatever and like the reality is like it changes weight fluctuates you know and I think the the relationship aspect of it adds a whole like another layer of pressure because you're like if I change this person will not love me anymore and I think one thing that helps me and helped me a lot with my acne is always putting myself in the shoes like if my partner had my acne would I see them differently and my answer is always no I wouldn't you know I would just try to be there as a support because I know how hard it is to go through that but I wouldn't change the way I I see them I would still love them the same but for some reason it's so hard for us to accept that for ourselves I don't think I finished telling the story I think I probably went off on a tangent um earlier when I said that I did a poll on my Instagram stories Hmm. of what it is that you're looking for in a friend or partner 
and what is the top thing that you you know really want and a lot of them were either well it was I think it was six different things so thousands of responses and there's only six different unique answers and it was kindness humor honesty a couple of other that, that I can't remember what the others were but none of them had anything to do with appearance it was only to do with you know being able to make you laugh being yeah. a kind-hearted person being someone that's really honest and have integrity um all along those kind of themes mm. none of them were anything to do with appearance and I shared that with the community and I said if that is what you're looking for why do you think your partner or a friend is looking for something different and expecting you to look a certain way and it it really does make you think about what it is that makes you valued by your friends your family your partners people you're intimate with because when you realize what it is that you're seeking in someone else you stop trying to be everything to everyone else I think that's the thing that I found is that I try too hard to be what everyone wants from me all of the time all of those different versions of me so yeah I can completely relate to that and seeing how you see yourself is a big one but I would just say like if I think for me I can say with certainty because I've had these conversations with my husband before about body hair, if he was to say he was unattracted to me to the point where he no longer wanted to be with me, then I'd be like, okay, that's it. Because it's not, of course I want to stay together with someone that I've built a life with. But if it is down to, if if a lot of what built their, how they view our relationship Mm. is based on just attraction, I don't, I think this is a bigger conversation because I don't know if we have this unrealistic expectation of you must be attracted to your partner for life. I'm not saying I'm not attracted to my partner, but I've never been attracted to him in the stereotypical sense that people talk about when you enter a relationship with someone. It's always been to me about our connection are like I describe it as like a magnetic connection that I have towards him and it's always been more about that than it has ever been about physical stuff and of course physical stuff is a part of it and I feel like any heat any heat that's generated between us it's ignited by this like attraction I have for him on a different level to what I'm seeing okay (laughs) don't know if that makes sense but there's there's lots of different levels of attraction it doesn't necessarily have to be something that is just based on appearance I'm attracted to my husband for so many different reasons you could use um you know when someone says like sorry Ed Sheeran for this but you know when people say Ed Sheeran isn't very attractive but the minute he starts singing or playing a guitar all of a sudden they find him attractive it's it's more than it is just more than what we look like. I'm attracted to Ed Sheeran as soon as I see him play a song. I'm like, oh my God, I'm weak at the knees. Mm-hmm. And yet if he was just standing in a road, <laughs> just being himself, probably wouldn't find him attractive. So there's, right. there's so much more to what makes someone attractive. And I I do believe also that you there can be so much more 
to your lives together what you build together then that like libido igniting kind of heat and passion and I think there's just so much pressure for us all to be like you know aroused by each other all the time and I just don't think that that is I think that's also another standard it just isn't me like it isn't something that's obtainable for a lot of us and uh, to have a lot of conversations about intimacy on my Instagram people aren't having sex as much as you think other people are having sex other couples aren't having sex as much as you think they are or it's okay to have dry spells or it's okay to not be in the mood sometime and I just feel like there's a lot of comparison in that regards as well as how relationships should be and how they should function and what level of intimacy you're all supposed to have and should it be public displays of affection and public announcements of Mm -hmm. love and 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 whatnot and it's just like every relationship is different it will function differently it will it will come across to friends and family differently but only you know what connection you have together when you're you're together and behind closed doors Mm -hmm. and so if my husband was to ever say to me I'm not attracted to you physically anymore and for me that's what our whole relationship has been built around then I'd be like well, why didn't you tell me that sooner? Because if right. I'd known that that was all you were <laughs> you were here for, you know, but the well, fact yeah. that we're still together and, you know, we talk through our, like, I have changed. Mm-hmm. I don't shave my legs. I, I Well, my legs, any part of my body. I used to meticulously get rid of all my hair when we first met. I've gone up like three or four dress sizes since we met. I don't wear makeup every day like I used to when we met. I used to be very well put together as some people would describe it Mm -hmm. and be very image obsessed and I'm not anymore I'm a very different person to who he met and I think what's important that what we understand is that you should be growing with your partner you should be growing and evolving with that person and if they have stayed in the past and complete like continuously compare you to an old version of you that's not healthy for you either like you are supposed to grow and flourish together you're supposed to be supportive of one another in your your changes in your evolution and there may be scenarios where one of you grows and one of you doesn't or you grow apart because you have grown into a different person and you no longer match exactly. and that is happens and that's okay and it's all right to go and seek people in a new tribe where you are more aligned and you will all be happier for it. But I think it's this with marriage, especially it's just this idea that you have to say the same because that's what that person signed up for. And I think it's important to have conversations prior to (laughs) making those declarations of love and saying like, what, what do we both want out of this union? Like are, what are both of our expectations going forward? Because, you know, you didn't vow to stay the same. Right. And if you did, then that is a very hard vow for you both to uphold. That you're going to both stay exactly the same people as you. Like it's just, it's just another standard that is just completely unobtainable. It is, it is. And I want to, I want to say two things here. So first, just a little more lighthearted. I think the Ed Sheeran thing made me kind of realize. Um, you know how <laughs> Sorry, girls, Ed. <laughs> you know how girls always say that, like, as soon as they like break up with someone or like they see their ex after a very long time of like not being together, and they're like, oh, like they're not attractive as they used to be, or like, oh, like what did I like find attractive about them? It's that whole thing because when you're with someone, you love someone, 
you see them as attractive whereas like maybe if you saw them on the street like it wouldn't turn your head you know so that's the first or thing or if you like if you like you, the thing is, is like I used to know a really attractive person and their personality made them really unattractive unattractive yeah so if you've ever experienced that then you know what it's like and if you've been through a really rubbish relationship with someone mm-hmm. whatever you were initially drawn to those initial things that attracted you that person can become repulsive very quickly yes. if you know who they are and I think that's really a really important observation. If you can, if you see someone, and I mean see them, then that changes your attraction levels. It changes like the the beauty levels as well of that person. You could someone can, can become very ugly physically mm-hmm. when you know their ugly personality yep. or Even their ugly paper, opinion. They're like a ten out of ten, absolutely. And I think the second thing I I have a lot of these conversations with my boyfriend actually about that comparison. And I think how we talked about how social media has added this whole new level to like individuals comparing themselves. I think it adds a whole new level of comparing relationships because you see a post online, like whoever's boyfriend got her flowers, then you're sitting here. Well, my boyfriend didn't get me flowers. Does that mean he doesn't love me? But it's like, no, like each relationship is its own. And a lot of the times what's portrayed on social media isn't at all reality you know like I have learned a lot about I don't post my relationship on social media anymore you know because I think and I'm not saying that every person who posts their social media like it's it's totally like a lie and everything like that but I do think there's this pressure that for your relationship to be good it has to be portrayed to the whole world to be good and it has to be all these like perfect photos and like cute moments and all of this and you don't have to post all of that and just because you don't have that that perfect moment that you saw on someone else's feed doesn't mean that your relationship is is bad necessarily and it it just creates I think in a way too many options too like you're constantly seeing every single person that you could in the world I mean Instagram is dating app like ever and that is really taunting in a relationship too because you're not only comparing yourself you're comparing the relationship you're comparing to other people and I think it adds this whole new level of complexity and I think it also has changed how people view commitment and relationships and seeing that oh like yes if we don't maintain that initial love that initial um, attraction that means like we should break up and me and him have a lot of conversations of like as relationships evolve and obviously we've only been together for a year but you know we do have conversations about when relationships evolve you know deeper levels kind of come into it love changes attraction changes and at the end of the day you choose to be with someone you choose to love that person regardless of you know other physical aspects that may have attracted you in the beginning and I think social media has twisted that and kind of made it so you know they romanticize the like initial sparks initial love that all of that that like that lasts and like that will evolve and change but that doesn't mean that that's all there is you know so I find it interesting absolutely spot on yeah it's it's very different to how a lot of people portray it online I like to be very clear about my relationship like if I've had an argument with Chris or something just because I don't think there's enough people out there kind of saying I've had an argument with my you know my partner today because taboo to say like keep that like you know yeah like like, okay obviously you're gonna scream divorce very yeah yeah exactly and people scream divorce very quickly over things that we talk about 
when it comes to like body hair Chris and I have had many conversations about body hair not all of them good and it has been a real challenge for me to be comfortable in my body knowing how much he dislikes body hair Mm -hmm. but he also Mm -hmm. says you know that he supports my choice and he understands that whatever feelings he has towards body hair are him being you know it's it's a him problem and not a me problem Mm. and we've had to work hard for him to get to a point where he realizes that it's a him problem um and if he wants it to no longer be a problem (laughs) then he will have to do the work to like I have to unlearn that body hair is disgusting or unhygienic or you know not feminine for a woman he has to do the work to unlearn all of that stuff as I have I can't unlearn it for him and if he wants to continue to to dislike it then that's also fine but obviously the most important thing is he doesn't stop me from doing what I want to do with my body and he doesn't he only offers his opinion when I ask (laughs) sometimes I wish I didn't ask but then it really means a lot when he starts advocating for things that I advocate for and we went through like a year of turbulence around my body hair where it was a huge issue for us and it had to be like the thing that we didn't talk about because he was really struggling to wrap his head around it but then one day something happened I wasn't aware of when it was but we I was talking about social media and and to someone having a conversation with someone about hair and all of a sudden Chris starts chiming in in the conversation and like finishing my sentences for me and and taking over and and like you know joining in in the conversation and being like yeah it wasn't until you know joe started talking about this that i realized this and like yeah why should we demand this like talking about double standards and like i've never been more attracted to my husband when he starts talking about these things that i advocate for that he then has taken a very long time to adjust to but a lot of people would have been like, divorce him, divorce him. But it's like, he needed a year. He yeah. needed that time. You can't expect because it wasn't him. Yeah, to change that. Yeah. that he, no, and he didn't feel the liberation that I felt. Yeah. He was only a bystander. He didn't know how incredible it felt for me. So I had this thing that was like my fuel and my motivation because I felt amazing mm-hmm. for doing what I was doing. And I felt powerful and I felt in control for the first time over something I had never considered before to be a double standard or or something to do with patriarchy or capitalism or wh- whatever. I was just like, oh, my God, I've just realized like it's taken me a year, mm-hmm. but I've gone from being disgusted about body hair to now having no feeling towards it whatsoever. Right. And understanding my own preference because it is so such an automatic thing for me to do to remove my hair I hadn't ever considered what my preference actually is Mm. so I think people are very quick to just like dismiss growth and give people like my husband needs time to think and adjust and I think that's something really important to understand is your person understand your person and how they compute information and and process things and he's not a talker he doesn't like sharing (laughs) and talking and for someone who is a massive talker and sharer part of our 
journey together is understanding how to communicate to each other in hard times right and we still don't get it right we still don't get it right to this day we still have arguments that last way longer than they need to because we've uh, we've had a breakdown of communication somewhere and it's all that stuff that is really tricky when you are also adding in the factor of pressure of keeping up appearances or looking like you're in a really good relationship or whatever. And the thing is, is like, it's almost doomed to fail if you might be in a really good relationship, but you might be comparing yourself to someone else's fake version of their relationship the that thing. they're putting out there. That's the thing. And then completely like having all of these arguments in your own relationship because you're comparing it to someone else's and actually your your relationship was absolutely fine but you know you've got this vicious cycle there of of, of how comparison then in, interferes when it had no business in the first place because mm-hmm. you know you can only you can only be in the present and I think that's the the biggest thing I'd like a listener to take away from this is is to just focus on you and your present because anything that you're comparing yourself to from the past or the future, worrying about either of those two things does not bring you peace. And you can enjoy, you don't have to worry about the longevity of your relationship necessarily. Of course, we want stability. Of course, we want to think that a marriage or a partnership is going to stand the test of time. But it's okay if it doesn't it's okay if it isn't forever and what's important though is in that throughout the you being in the present is that you are enjoying those moments that you get to cherish and have and you're not held back by fear of judgment or comparison or anything else and I've found so much more happiness lately just by just centralizing and and just coming back to me (laughs) no for sure and I I really appreciate, but before we end off here, I really appreciate your transparency with the fact of your journey with, you know, how your husband handled your own journey with body hair and the fact that, you know, you have this great relationship, but of course you, you still argue because a lot of people don't, don't share that. And I think maybe someone else who might put on the internet, you know, my, my boyfriend, my husband, whatever, like he he is supporting me in my decision to like not get rid of my body hair and then someone else who might be at the start of that journey might be looking at that and being like oh if my boyfriend's not accepting of this right now I need to break up with them but I appreciate Mm -hmm. that you were transparent with that and it's like that's not the reality of it you know you can't you don't know what you're comparing you're seeing a snapshot in someone's relationship but you don't know what's happened behind the scenes you don't know how long that took you don't know anything about these people you know so you really have to look in your own relationship and it's like it you know can we can we work through this is this something that I can support my partner through because like you said your husband was just a bystander he didn't understand how you felt right like and you can't yeah I think I think that's a really important years of experience isn't it like years of experience of this particular beauty standard of of laboriously meticulously removing your body hair the fear of someone touching a hairy or prickly leg or seeing hairs in the sunlight or forgetting to shave before intimacy and it's like oh do I do I embark upon this intimate (laughs) encounter or should I reject them because I'm not you know prepared in my body like I've still got body hair like do I want them to think I'm gross like you've got all these things that are getting in the way of healthy relationships Mm -hmm. and these standards being met but in terms of like the relationships themselves 
you know there are people out there who are very accepting straight off the bat and those people do exist and I've spoken to people that have said about hair especially oh my partner doesn't care whatsoever like isn't even a thing or my partner actually prefers it or whatever but yeah no my experience of it was that he needed time to adjust and I gave him that time but I must admit if it continued and it continued to be a problem then I would have a different opinion and I would have struggled with him not you know doing the work to to meet me somewhere on that but yeah I also have to be very careful and I think the reason why a lot of people maybe don't share about arguments on social media publicly is because I do have to be careful of his privacy and you know me saying oh he wasn't accepting in the beginning opens him up to a lot of abuse and criticism and so it's very it's a very hard balance when you start introducing your partner and when you talk about them publicly and and how they react so it is just a very hard one it's probably why we don't see more of it in this space is because you are encroaching on someone else's privacy it's a it's a touchy touchy subject for sure well joanne (laughs) i appreciate your time so much and all of your insights it was so amazing talking to you about all this. I, I get so passionate about these types of conversations. So Me it's too. so great to connect <laughs> with you. And um, I love what you do on social media. I'm, I'm so happy that you have provided a platform for so many people to feel safe and, um, you know, learn. Likewise. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. And um, yeah, no, keep keep doing what you're doing. Um, do you want to tell the people where they can find you on on platforms and stuff? You guys definitely. Sure. Yeah, no, thank you for being here. And thank you for um, your kind words. That's, it's, it's so nice. This community is honestly a huge part of why I have been able to improve the way I feel about myself is like you said earlier about not feeling so alone it's a huge part of it so thank you so much um my handle on Instagram TikTok YouTube though you might not really see posts from me regularly there is Joanna J Kenny um and yeah I hope to see you there and share share more body positive and empowering content that maybe you need now or maybe you needed to see when you were growing up too (laughs) No, I love it. Well, thank you so much. And thank you to anyone listening for tuning into this episode of Loud Talk. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to give this video a thumbs up and comment down below what you want to see next on the pod. And if you are listening on on Spotify, Apple, or any other streaming platform, make sure to give the podcast a five-star rating. It would be really, really appreciated. But that is it. Thank you, Joanna, for getting loud with me in this episode. And Thank you. And you guys will hear from me in the next episode of Lab Talk with Bobby. Bye, everyone.